The Writer's Room, a 7th Sea podcast, is endorsed by Chaosium, Inc. For more information, visit www.chaosiuminc forward slash 7th Sea. Hello, friends. Come on in. You know the drill. Find your seat. Get your tea. Get comfortable. Today... We wrap up the two-parter of the beginning of this finale. Now, this episode isn't quite as long as the previous one. However, there's a lot that can happen, as you well know. In the meantime, Officer Keith has everyone's tea order passed out. Officer V has all the pillows fluffed. Officer Covington has all of the stuffies ready. I do believe it's time to be- Oh, wait! It appears that Evan has some things to pass out. Evan, what do you got there? These are hand-poured soy fucking candles. And these are all laser-cut, which is cute. Mm-hmm. Very excited. This is the most unique-smelling candle I've ever smelled. And which one is that? This is the Forest of the Fae. What does it say it smells like? Flowers, musk, amber, and moss. This one is your Zoe. Small library. Yes! Collection of books, leather-bound tomes, and ancient scrolls fill this room from floor to ceiling. Age-worn cedar shelves carrying the knowledge of civilizations dead and buried. Scent notes of teakwood, cedar, leather, amorous, and dark musk. Mm. And Patrick, this one is yours. Archipelago. The arduous journey across the sea leads to a collection of islands shrouded in mystery. Traveling on aquatic winds, the scent of citrus and oak greets you as the vessel nears a small isle engulfed in mist. Scent notes of citrus, honeydew melon, violet, and oak moss. These lovely candles that we're talking about come from The Crafty Gamer, and if you check out our links in our bios, you can find our affiliate link, and we'll even give you a discount code so you can get your own candles if you like the sound of these, or at least 25 more on their site. It is all capitals, all together, no spaces, The Writer's Room for 10% off. Well, thank you, Evan, for those wonderful gifts. I am lighting Small Library right now. Thank you, Officer Nightingale, for taking care of that for me. So I can get right down to business. So we can get right back to the story. I know you're all very eager. All right. Article 37. Through Fire and Fear, Part 2. The camera doesn't see anything but a void, an endless black, and very slowly, symbols begin to appear as though rising to the surface from a dark water, and eventually those symbols read, Three Days later and then they sink back into the abyss the camera is dissolving from black and we find ourselves in a beautiful bedroom in a house and as the colors and the focus begins to dissolve we recognize this house this is miguel and raul's house but we don't see miguel and raul At first, we see Charles, and Charles 
at a bedside and his head is in his hands. His other hand is on the bed. Just behind Charles, we find Wayland. And across the room from Charles is Jesse. And finally, the camera rotates all the way so that we can see who is on the bed. And it's Charlotte. She is not doing well. Klaus is also on the other side, and he appears to be checking her vitals. Charles right now is despondent. He's not even responding to anything, nor will he leave Charlotte's side, because his other hand that was on the bed is holding Charlotte's bandaged hands. And Klaus sits up and ushers both of you outside. Closes the door behind him. Her fever will not go down. Do you know what she's sick with? What ails her? Smoke inhalation. Ah. Normally it clears up after about 12 to 24 hours in clear air. However, the smoke from the flames in the bucket, they have scalded her lungs. Her body is feverish because she is fighting infection, but... If she does not clear up soon, I am afraid that she will not survive another day. Is there anything that we can do? Anything that we can get her? Herbs, salves, anything? I'm afraid it's all up to her now. Fuck. I feel useless. Valen, we can only do so much. She's just a kid. She's a child. Klaus takes off his glasses and folds them and puts them in a pocket and looks at you when you say that. And you see, probably for the first time ever, a glazing of his eyes because there are tears in them that he is holding back as a medical professional. And you can see the pain in them. I know. It happens sometimes. I have done all I can do. Thank you, Klaus. Thank you for what you have done. I only wish I could do more. Charlotte is resilient. Like you said, Jesse, she's a kid, but kids are hearty. We just have to make sure that she receives the care that she needs. Yevo, Captain, I will not be on the ship tonight. That is acceptable. I need to go get some things. And he pats both of you on the shoulder. Hey. Take care of yourself, too, all right? I am well aware. I appreciate the concern. Danke. And heads out. Jesse, we did everything we could. I mean, hell, you coming in at the last moment is probably what saved her this much. I just don't want her suffering. Of course. All we can do now is hope that she recovers. There is a knock at Miguel's front door. It feels weird because it's not his house, but he'll go over and open the door. It's a Dedekumbo. Oh, hello, big man. How's you doing? Not great. Fever's still running high, and her lungs have been burned. Substantially. Fuck. He says that it's up to her and that she might not make it to tomorrow. I think she'll make it. I do too. She'll be all right. 
Listen, I uh, hate to drag your boat away, but I got to show you something. Everything all right? He takes out a rag and wipes his bald head free of sweat. He's covered in soot and debris. Like, he's been rebuilding the bucket for the past three days. So he's, you know, obviously been working. He shakes his head. Just come here. You head to the bucket. The first floor is okay. All the burned furniture has been taken out. All the burnt planks are gone. The other half of the second floor, the one that collapsed, is in the process of being put back up. Adetokumbo walks you past one of the rebuilt walls and shows you the charter wall. All the charters are fine, except the seven crimson charters are gone. I guess we know what started the fire. Yeah. I could hazard a guess. Is that even possible? Should that be possible? We've seen charters burn, and yeah, it blackened the wall, but... It's Reese. She can pretty much do whatever she wants here. With those, at least. Burn down the bucket for spite? Well, remember, we took away one of their charters... Idetokumbo is looking at both of you as you're talking. What the hell happened? Oh, I guess we never really had a chance to... Annabelle, she, uh... She's no longer with us. The Sangdoris sails no more. We started to smell the paper burning, and then we all looked, and sure as fire, the Sangdoris' charter started to burn. Except it burned too fast, leaping, licking at the wall. And then something weird happened to it. It fluttered off the wall like the two bottom pins disappeared and it started to flap. And it turned black like an oil slick. And then it stopped burning. You see Waylon stiffen up. And where's that charter now? Clearly not here. Okay. And then, not 30 minutes later, we started to smell the smoke again, and I looked over, and the, all of the charters were on fire. The second it touched the wall and the floor and the rafters, it was too fast. I couldn't. I just had to get everybody out. I think she finally had enough. What do you mean she had enough? Reese. All of the Scarlet Fleet's charters are gone. If they all burned away, then she must have rewritten them. Shit. Dadakumbo takes the rag out one more time and wipes his head. Listen, I I don't pretend to know what's going on with the Crimson Fleet and whatever it is that Reese is doing, but this is the seventh time that the bucket has caught on fire. This is only the second time it's been burnt to the ground. I ain't never seen a charter burn the bucket down before. Hey, at least they're gone. Just about to say, on the very dim bright side, she can't do it again. This is true, but now we don't know what's being written now. I have a feeling Reese wants more control over what's happening with the fleet. I would hazard a guess that I don't know if this is possible, but might be one large charter with multiple ships on it acting as a hive mind of sorts. Whatever it is, it's not in the bucket no more. Which is certainly bad news, but the good news is the only reason that she'd be doing that 
as if in some way she's scared. It means what we're doing is working. She dealt with Jonah. Come on now. Well... Adetta Kumbo, again, is, like, wiping the sweat off his head and one of the other pirates in the back. Adetta Kumbo, we need you over here. <sighs> Listen, I don't care what Reese is doing. I don't care what the Crimson Fleet is doing. They could have burnt the bucket down. I wouldn't have given two fucks. But Charlotte got hurt in the process. So if you see Reese, I want you to punch her so hard in the face. I'll do worse. I think we can promise that. Good. I got work to do. All right. Let us know if you need anything, all right? Yeah. I'll see you both later. And he pats you both on the shoulder, the good shoulder, Jesse, and heads off to go build the bucket. Yeah, we're heading back to the Rose. We're walking and talking, as we often do. Actually going to head to Pier 6. No, don't head to Pier 6. We're going to do some fishing the entire episode. <laughs> Speaking of which, we need a beach episode. <laughs> Fuck. Well, this is a right fine mess. Things are getting a lot more complicated now. My concern is this shit keeps following us home. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like Argosta's new to dealing with attacks on the home front, but the fact that so much of it is directly connected to our actions is hard to deal with. Feels more like an event horizon now. We have to keep moving towards it. We try to move away and it'll rip us apart. How are you feeling? What with everything? It's honestly really hard to say. For one, this is... The most free I've felt in over a year. You feel like you've got control? Yeah, I feel really good. That's honestly excellent to hear. I hear more of myself when I'm thinking. More of myself is able to hold on, as it were. Not cloudy anymore. The deal I made with him is still, I don't know. It's weighing on you. Yeah. Have you thought about taking action on that, now that we've resolved some of the matters at hand? Yeah, we're kind of, for the most part, in the clear for right now. Which is why this clarity is nice, because then I can focus on the other shit that's not as clear. Well, one way or another, we'll get through it. We always do. How about you? How's everything with Paga? Everything with Paga is... Fine, I think. It's sort of hard to tell, because our relationship is less communication, it's more feeling it out, and right now, things feel as stable as they've ever been as far as Paga and I are concerned. Something about that's been bothering me, I've been meaning to ask you about. Hey, yeah, what's up? Paga, in history, has been lost and forgotten, right? That's the whole thing? Oh, that's what they wanted, yeah. And as far as the rest of the world is concerned, yeah, they don't exist. The only reason you know is because I know. That's what I'm worried about. Are you going to fade from obscurity in one day? Is that where you're going? I don't know, honestly. Whenever I do think about it, I, I don't really come to any particular conclusion. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jesse. Like, I'll always be a member of the Rose. <laughs> the Rose's story, uh, it's not mine. I'm a part of it, sure, but 
I mean, when they tell stories of our exploits and tales of our adventures, it's going to be Captain Jesse and the crew of the Rose. Are you okay with that? Being lost to history? Is that what you want? I don't know. Wayland, come on. We're in the business of rewriting things now. Aye, that we are, but I tried to be a hero once. I tried to make sure that everyone knew of me. Tried to be the best at what I could do, and all it led to was a lot of pain and suffering. Fuck, look at Audra. That's partially my fault. I was very selfish back then, Jesse. You think selfishness means that it's okay for you to be forgotten? Pardon me feels like it's my punishment, right? When are you going to decide when your punishment is over? Is it my choice to make? Paga is a part of you, are they not? That choice is yours as much as it is theirs. I don't know. Well, do you know why I'm captain? Just kind of looks at you. Like a very, very confused, cockeyed stare. I'm going to guess I'm wrong based on the question, but I always just sort of thought it was because you wanted to carry on your mother's legacy and also fuck the ATC. You're on the right track. Hmm. My mother is a legend, Well, I have that privilege and that luck behind me. Without that, I wouldn't be anyone. I guess I sort of see it the same way in reverse. But that's where my selfishness comes in. It, obviously, I earned it over time, but there are so many people that have also made names for themselves that haven't gotten anywhere near as close. Not that captaining a ship is out of the realm of possibility for anyone. It's the fact that my family is so infamous. <laughs> that the name is so infamous. And the concert does hold some weight to it. But it's ironic. Like rain on a wedding day? How is it that there's a possibility you get lost in history and I don't? You've gotten here on your own, Whelan. <laughs> no the fuck I haven't. In comparison to me and where I'm at? Absolutely. <sighs> Obviously, we both have had help and hands along the way, but in this race, my starting point was pushed way closer to the finish line than anyone else's. And yet here you are. Well, I guess that's it, right? Your mother's a legend, you know? You've always had that sort of aspect of your life that you have the possibility of winding up as somebody in history. Somebody that the books and recollections, the stories talk about. I started life as nobody, and I'd always kind of figured that's what I'd remain. But the spectrum of my history depends on whether or not I'm better than my mother. That's how I'll go down in history, is being a better captain than the Wild Rose herself, or more infamous as someone who couldn't live up to his mother's full potential. You have nothing to live up to, Wayland. I don't think that's true. I don't know of your family. At least you haven't told me much. And I think I probably would have heard of any infamous Greywalls. Wayland gets real quiet. Sorry. It's all right. I just... I won't allow you to fade into obscurity. It's fine. No, no, it's not. Because you didn't choose to have Paga. That's true. That's not your fault. History can always be rewritten. It just depends on who chooses to write it. Jesse, you wouldn't have heard 
a lot of famous Greywalls because Greywall wasn't my father's last name. Do you have a different surname? I do. It's on the charter, actually. I think I've mentioned it once or twice before, but not with any gravity. It's Macklebrand. Mechelbrand or Macklebrand. It's pronounced two different ways. That sounds very Avalonian. <laughs> it's more Highland Marches than anything else. Sounds more glamorous, how's that? Mm. He punches his shoulder. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember the Maelstrom? Ship we found attached to the crack. Yeah. The you know what. Yeah, with the... the then just kind of does the reaching out. Oh, 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 God. Oh, please stop. Yeah, you looked a little ghastly then. I guess I know why. Yeah, and I kept the flag. I knew those people. It was my father's crew. Oh, Willen. Oh, wow, okay. My dad was the captain of the Maelstrom. He was a captain? He was. Yeah, that's where, I mean, that's kind of how I learned everything I know. Well, that's great. You have the flag, so... It's a weird legacy to carry. Why is that? You have a legacy of... (sighs) I mean, Sedona was one of the... The golden children, as it were. Or my dad. Well, nobody really speaks his name anymore. Could you speak it for me? His name was Roland. Roland McKelbrand. Does that name sound familiar to Jesse? You've seen it on the Maelstrom's charter. I haven't heard it in passing or anything. You may have heard it when you were younger. Does he have like an epithet that he goes by? He goes by Maelstrom. He goes by the Maelstrom? That was his nickname, and then he passed it on to his ship. Greywall. Where does the name come from? <laughs> the concept of a storm. It's like the grey wall of a approaching storm. <laughs> you know I was named after the storm I was born in. <laughs> Wayland, like, just puts that similarity together. No shit, that's right. Hurricane Camilo. Fuck, we are two peas in a goddamn pod. This is ridiculous. Oh, shit. Jesse's eyes go wide, and he just, like, looks off into the distance. And he pulls out a pocket watch, and he opens it up. I'm 33 today. No, really? Oh, what a shitty day. Shit, I'm sorry. What a terrible birthday present. Fuck. Fuck. I think at this point, you guys are at the Rose. You hear Roz's voice. Feliz cumpleaños, Capitano. Wait, is that something that would be remembered in the ship? On this ship? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. absolutely. Right. Well, I don't know. I just don't think we realized it, like what the yeah. date was. <laughs> and of uh, all people, Roz would remember. <laughs> thank you, Roz. Fuck, uh... What, what do you want to do? Do you want to do anything? <laughs> I... Oh, God. Fuck, I can't even go get a drink at the bucket. <laughs> Fuck. God, this is the worst birthday I've ever had. I'm so sorry. This is horrible. Shit, oh, this sucks. At the top of the deck is Cosette, and she appears to be waiting for you guys to come up top. Far, sir. Good morning, Cosette. Good morning. Uh, happy... Thursday, Captain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you, I guess. To be fair, I would not have remembered 
because of all that has been going on if Raz did not announce it first thing when he woke up this morning. Uh, I also could have gone the whole day without remembering. But here we are. Well, he's the only one aboard the ship with a calendar, and it shows. If you have a moment for me. Sure. Do you need us both, or...? That is up to you, Monsieur Greywell. Sure. I, yeah. Got nothing else going on right now. At least at the moment. Yeah. Let's head to my quarters. Oui. And as Cosette moves from standing still, you notice that she had her hands behind her back, kind of standing at attention kind of deal. She pulls out two guns. <laughs> two guns. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy oh, birthday. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy death day. Happy death day. She brings out a cane and is walking a lot slower today. She is walking with a heavier limp and needs the assistance of a cane today. Cosette, you know, we can commission a lighted gun for you that still does the same. My father would not hear of it. Yes, you're right. He wouldn't hear of it because we wouldn't have to tell him. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. Oh. My father made me the slack. Well, maybe if we ever have the opportunity or the pleasure of... As long as he's not like your mother. No. Okay, no. good. All right. No, my faza is, and she kind of looks up at Roz and laughs to herself. Oh, really? Oh, oh God. Wow. Oh, there's two of them. Really? Of sorts. Oh. Not to Roz's extreme, but he is a jovial man. I like him already. He kind of jokingly leans over to Waylon. He's like, man, I wonder when any of that is going to come out of her. <laughs> Just slap him on the back of the head. Oh. Ooh, oh, ow. right. Sorry. Oh. It's okay. Mm. Where does it not hurt? Um, Depends on the day. I don't know. 33. I'm starting to feel it a bit. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll be there in a couple years. You guys head into the quarters. Make drinks. The whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Hot toddies or something. Mm -hmm. on those sure. Ones. Sure. Because that sits down. Looks at both of you and says... I have come to a decision. Oh, uh, yeah. I will be honest, I thought very long and hard about this, about whether or not my being here would be a threat, considering she rolls her eyes and you both know who she's talking about. Oh, yeah, and I think both of us give her a very, like, severe look, like... I hope that wasn't the conclusion you came to. Well, I did not break any articles of the charter. I do apologize for losing my cool and letting my mother manipulate me. <laughs> I don't know that that's your fault. It is. I... Take responsibility for my own actions, and I should have behaved better. Okay. Moving forward, instead of resigning, which is what I originally thought about doing, after Queen Bonaventura came and spoke with me, apologizing profusely for her treatment of me. Mm -hmm. If it is all right with you, Captain, I would like to become a part of her network of sorciers and become the courier for La Rosa Blanca. 
I would be very happy for that. Yeah, so long as you're comfortable. May we? I have realized that while I am by blood my mother's daughter, I am not my mother's daughter. I will be better. And I can't be better unless I try. There's puzzled look that comes over Waylon's face and just the poignancy of that sentence in coupling with the conversation that Wayland and Jesse just fucking had. Do you guys uh, see the yeah, tapestry that I'm weaving like, here? Uh, I love the duality. Oh, it's so good. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. I hate you. Yeah, and just kind of looks at Jesse with the beginnings of a new outlook on perhaps the future. Now that that is out of the way, I have a very important question for both of you. Yeah, by all means. Where? Would we like to receive the parcels or letters from Queen Bonaventura? Oh, right. Oh, like a place? Oui, a physical place. On the ship or like in the world? This is why I'm asking you. If it is on the ship, I will need to know and I will need to have access to it. Hmm. I suppose we could do your quarters, Cosette? If that is what you wish. Perhaps... My initial suggestion is the creation of, like, a separate office. You know, mixing work and where you sleep. You kind of already do that already, maybe not adding on a third thing. I think we all do that already, to be honest. Thinking of his room, which is also the weapon storage and the armory. Thinking of the room we're currently in. Yes, the captain's quarters, in which business and pleasure is both had. I could requisition an office of sorts in here. I'm sure Hawthorne would be thrilled to do something. It's not repairing damage. They haven't created something new in a little while, so yeah. Oui, I will uh, write up an invoice then. Speaking of, hey. Oui? Well, the bucket of blood burned down, so there's not really a central place to pick up work at the moment. However, that's maybe something that the three of us should discuss. What do we do now? Well, I was assuming that we are on shore leave for a while. For a little bit, yeah. I would hate to leave little Charlotte all alone in her time of need. She is as much as family to us as anyone. I might talk to Charles about that. Okay. He seems like he's been having a hard time lately. I will say that sharing a room beside our wonderful bosun has both its merits and its demerits. He has been very angry as of late. Yeah, I've noticed that. I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world if you had a conversation with him, Jesse. If I may make a suggestion, perhaps a vacation is in order. We have enough in our stores and coffers to allow for that. And I would be happy to give up some of my share. The ship has two wealth. Yes. I'd certainly feel the same. And I feel like we've done a lot recently. And looks at Cosette knowingly as well. I think a few of us could use a vacation. If it's all the same to you, I enjoy working. Idle hands, as you know. 
<clears throat> she looks at Jesse and does not say the rest of that anecdote sentence. Uh, what? I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're older. Oh, it's your birthday, so later. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, you're a bitch sometimes. <laughs> I love you, but fuck. I love you too, and that's why I'm like this. Yeah, don't fucking lie to me. I learned it from you. Hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Monsieur Greywall, if you would not mind, I do have some private business with our captain. I believe Agnes was looking for you earlier. Oh. Oh, yes. Actually, and you see, like, dots connect in Waylon's head? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll... Bows. I'll catch up with you later. Have fun, Waylon. We're going to have a time. Au revoir. See ya. Waves his hand as he's closing the door. Hey, bye. With the door closed... Cosette is ruffling the skirts of her dress. You can hear the shuffling underneath the table. And then she places a package on the table. What the fuck? Have you just been... Never mind. Okay. Shing! He pulls out the hummingbird dagger from his boot and cuts it open. It's your coat. On the back of it, where that big burn happened, is this gorgeous brocade embroidery of a big giant white rose and leaves the kind of tendril in the back. So it's all fixed. It's all repaired. And she looks a little bashful as you're admiring it. It's nervously playing with the glass of whiskey, like kind of swirling it a little bit and not making eye contact with you. It's kind of like looking down at her glass and then looking at the coat and then checking your reaction and looking back down at the glass. And He stands up and he puts it on and like kind of shuffles his shoulders around. Goes over to a standing mirror on one of the walls and looks at it. It fits as well as it did before, if not slightly better. Thank you, Cosette. Thank you very much. This is very kind of you. I also did some digging and uh, found some information for you. Oh, about what? A Samuel Flint. Okay. He grabs his glass and takes a sip. What did you find out? She proceeds to tell you that Samuel Flint was part of the Emancipator, which is the ship that branded him. Yep. It appears that after you were branded... They made port in Fort Freedom, and Samuel Flint was made the captain of a ship called the Bulwark. Bulwark, yes. Unfortunately, six months after it was captained by him, it sank, and Samuel Flint was not found. He may have gone down with the ship. The Bulwark had slaves aboard that were freed afterwards. Some of them are even here in Augusta. There are people here from the Bulwark. We. Oui. Do we know where they are? Unfortunately, they preferred only to talk to Queen Bonaventura. I would not go asking about her. They just want to live their lives. I do owe Queen Bonaventura a very large favor after this, but that is the information that I got for you. This Samuel Flint that you are looking for is dead, I'm afraid. Interesting. That is not the first time I've heard that he's dead. Oh? Yes. This is a different story, however. From what I heard, he was killed at the hands of... He hesitates for a second. 
of a firearm shot in the back. She sighs and finishes her drink and makes way to stand up and get herself all sorted out. As we all know, they are tall tales. It's hard to decipher what is the truth or not. By all accounts, the man should be dead. And as I have seen and been proven wrong before, maybe the devil has him. The gears in Jesse's head are roaring. (laughs) They're going hard. (laughs) There's an engine in there. They're clicking and clacking and the steam's coming out. Cosette, would you excuse me? Of course. I have some thinking to do. We. I am going to go visit uh, Charles, see how he is doing. And she winces as she stands up and adjusts her cane, rubs her leg a little bit before she nods her head and bows. Captain? It's Mary Sue. And turns and walks out very slowly. Jesse waits for her to leave. She kind of gives you a, a last little look. He's fully invested in all of his papers. Mm. As soon as she leaves, he turns to the doorway and quietly leaves his quarters and heads downstairs. Jesse's going to be sneaky as fuck. Fuck. Go snooping? I think he's going to go into Whale's quarters. Oh, fuck. Oh. Shit. He's like, this is not the story that Wayland told me. Wayland told me a very different story because Wayland has that coat. This is so stress-inducing, but at the same time, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Hawthorne's quarters are right next to Wayland's, and so Hawthorne is there. Hawthorne and Elliot are talking right now, and Hawthorne silences Elliot and looks up at you. Captain? Hello. How's Charles's, um... Little one there. She alright? No, she's not doing too good. Ah, shit. Is there anything I can do? I feel useless. Am I who am I talking to right now? Hawthorne. Why does why do they sound like Elliot? <laughs> we don't hear Hawthorne talk a whole lot. Hawthorne's more snarky. Yeah. Okay. I do have a project for you, if you're willing. I'd love to work. Only only if you're willing. I am. Give me a job, please. We need a room for parcels. Parcels. Cosette is now our courier for the Brotherhood, and we need a place for packages to come through. That is separate from her quarters, but close by. Say no more. I'll have it done. Elliot, would you want to give me a hand? Uh, yeah. I, uh, sure. What, is there anything? I, just shut up and come with me. Okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, you two. I appreciate it. Of course, Captain. By your leave. And Hawthorne nods and walks out, and Elliot follows after. So you are all alone. All alone. <laughs> in Wayland's quarters. Yeah, he steps forward. Uh-huh. We're going to, like, transition away. We're going to rewind just slightly in time here. Ten or so minutes. Wayland, Agnes isn't in her berth. She's not with Jory. She's not downstairs in the build. She's not in the galley. Where are the bloody... She's not anywhere on the ship. If I were a betting man... Pokes his head over the edge of the ship, looking into the water. Do I see her swimming? You don't see her swimming. You do see her sitting on the dock at the very edge of the pier. I'll start making my way down. What's the weather like, by the way? You don't have to roll for it. You can just tell me. I think the weather is, like, partly cloudy. I think it's a surprisingly nice day. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it probably rained yesterday. We had one like dark and stormy day, and then there are like the cumulus clouds that are left afterwards. Got you. Okay. Oh, really white puffy ones. Yeah. What is it like midday? We've probably been with Charlotte all morning and probably most of yesterday too. Okay. As he's walking down the gangplank, goes to put his hand on one of the railings. Ah! Mm hmm. Shit. Keeps forgetting that my hands are still healing. And you see Agnes sitting at the edge of the dock. You've seen her coat. You remember it as a gray silver coat with black spots. It looks like she's wearing a living wave as the sunlight is kind of like casting through a cloud. She looks like she's wearing an entirely different coat. I think there's a moment of panic there as Waylon sees it and like freezes for a moment and then rushes forward. Agnes, Wayland? Agnes, are you all right? Wayland, are you okay? What the fuck's wrong with you? Who took you? your coat? No one! What is this? What? Wayland, calm down. Okay. Do me a favor. Okay. Take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. I'll do a couple of those. You're good. Yeah, I just, I, I thought, I, I thought someone had... Sorry, I was about to, like, raise hell. Sit. Slowly sits down. You're okay? For the most part, yeah. What is this? How did you get a new coat? It's a bit of a story if you've got time. I was coming to talk to you anyway. And because we already know what happened, the camera is going to pan away. And as the voices fade out, the camera pans up to the sky, and we see the transition of time as the sun falls lower in the sky. Not too much lower, maybe an hour or so. We pan back down as Agnes is finishing telling you the story. And she's holding her coat in her lap now. She's, like, taking it off to, like, show you everything as she's been telling the story. And so now the reason I asked you to come and talk to me was I... I... I don't know what to do. How do you mean? Wayland, where do I begin? I've never had a fresh start before. (laughs) I'm glad you find it funny. I find it funny that you thought to come to me. I find it funny that, in a way, I guess I'm the right person to talk to. As someone who has had to start everything from zero. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, that is up for you to decide. You get to forge your own new path. And yeah, that's terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Been there, done that. Horrifying experience. Oh, I. If you're feeling that, trepidation, that fear, not knowing where to go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But you just pick a direction. And if that direction doesn't work... You get to go back. You don't have to feel like whatever decision you make right now is the permanent one. You have all the choice in the world. And from this moment on, you really always will. And I know that for someone of your ancestry, having that freedom and that uncertainty can be terrifying. It's just new. Oh, I. There's stories out there that talk about what true freedom is. Some of the fave and talk about it like it's a, an unachievable dream. It just doesn't exist. But I've got it. It 
right here. How did this...? I don't rightly know. I wasn't present at the time. Hmm. But I feel like something was rewritten. Rewritten, huh? Aye. There was a, a sentence or something that Jesse didn't like. And so he erased it. Hmm. And in its place, let me write whatever it is that I wanted. He gave me the pen. What did you write? She laughs and smiles. Agnes does not smile a whole lot. She smiles. And in doing so, I feel like it makes you want to smile. Yeah. You just share in that joy with her. I wrote that promises don't matter to me anymore. Waylon, make me a promise. Something that you can break right now. Sure. I promise that I will give you the kumquat in my pocket. Do you actually have a kumquat in your pocket? I do not. Okay. Now give me the kumquat. I don't have one. There's a moment where Waylon's chest seizes. Oh God, what have I done? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. You could promise me that tomorrow the sky is purple and I won't care. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I got to say that. I got to decide for me. That's so simple. Agnes, it's so simple. (laughs) It's so simple, it's terrifying. I, I mean, you'd think what with the Fae and all of their contracts that it had to be something complicated, something that you'd have to parse out so precisely, but just promises don't matter. They just don't matter. Not in the magical sense. And you know what else doesn't matter? What? That the sea doesn't dictate where I go. I can go in the sea whenever I want now. There's no need to do it. I don't have to. I don't feel compelled. Agnes is punk rock now confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote for myself that I could do whatever it is that I wanted, as long as it made me happy. That's the one thing that I took away from all this, that Jesse said before. That I would do anything in my power to make myself happy. And you know what? Having to swim every single day and go in the water when I really don't want to doesn't really make me that happy. Do you think if it works for you, do you think it could work for someone else? Someone who's not a selfie? I don't really know. The only reason it worked at all is because someone else gave it to me. Without that, I I don't think I'd be able to do it on my own. Not with all the complicated rules and writings of all that, as you know. But I do very well. Too well, sometimes. If someone cared enough and knew enough about the situation to rewrite it, then sure, maybe it could happen to them too. Hmm. And she kind of conspiratorially leans towards you. Let's not let the court know that, eh? The last thing we need is all the sovereigns getting true freedom. Fuck. Oh, ain't that the truth? But at the same time... I don't know. I, Agnes. Hi. You know out of anyone that I have the deepest respect for the Fae and how you operate. But seeing as, you know, you've gained some sort of true freedom, I I feel sort of more comfortable telling you this and and please don't take offence. I can write it in my court right now that I can't take any offence to what you say. (laughs) That is incredible. (laughs) What is it? got a lot of issues with the fact that whoever it was that wrote it down, that all fae are bound to some sort of, I don't know, asinine purpose. And that if they don't follow that purpose to the letter, 
then they are unmade. It's something that humans have that I don't think it's fair that we get to keep it for ourselves. And as much as yes, it is terrifying thinking of the lords and ladies just being able to do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, it's giving me shivers down my spine. Yeah, no, if you were old enough, I'd pass you a bottle of whiskey right now and we'd drink together. Wayland, I'm way older than you think I am. Wayland takes out a flask and hands it to Agnes. Wait, how old? Old enough to drink? She's about to say her fey age. I'm not about to get involved with, like, the, the like, oh, you know, you're of age in Bryn Brasail, but here in Aragosta, <laughs> like, not doing that. All right, all right. I'm only 17, all right? I thought fucking so. Don't you try to pull one over on me, young miss. <laughs> now listen here, you. I, look. <laughs> The weird, like, parental aspect of aboard our ship and, like, who has what place in our bizarre family is complicated enough that I don't want to get into it right now. However, I feel like I take on the older sibling role most of the time and, well, yes, I want to be the cool older sibling. I don't want to be a bad influence. But it's a special occasion. It's Jessie's birthday. Mm. We should drink to that, don't you think? She kind of gives you a little smirk. I'm doing the Muppet face where it's like my bottom lip is coming up over my top lip. And I'm like, oh, you're frumping. Oh, yeah, I'm frumping. I know you're trying to mess with me right now. Then it's working. All right, a little bit. She takes it and. You don't tell Dad about that. And holds it up to the rose. <laughs> Pours like a little tin shot glass. Have you had alcohol before? No. <laughs> All right. Well. This is going to be interesting. To Jesse's birthday. To our beloved captain's birthday. Indeed. And to your new coat. And to freedom. Slanger. And takes a shot. Wayland taps it on the planks and then does the shot. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing all right? (laughs) Is that that whiskey? (laughs) Yup. What's it taste like? Oh, it tastes like burning. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's about right. Oh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Good. Ow. See? And that's why I start you on the strong stuff so you're deterred from trying it again. Oh, hi. Waylon feels like a very proud older brother, <laughs> but at the same time is like, you tried to pull one over on me. I gave you the hardest, like the, the, yeah. the harshest, not the hardest, like the most alcohol content. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's not. It's like... It's like moonshine. It's gasoline. It's bad. Not too worried about Agnes sneaking into the rum store. No, no, no. We'll have proper drink on your 18th birthday. Something that doesn't taste like the leftover ashes of a campfire. Sure. Maybe something sweet. Something sweet I think we can do. Heart of Macaro. Yes, absolutely. Add a little bit of rum to that. That might be great. We could, we could go to Macaro for your birthday. I don't know. Jory says he has something special planned for my birthday, so I don't know. Maybe talk to him. Wayland, in the middle of taking another shot, chokes on it. Are you alright? I'm fine. Yeah, um, did you only mention what it was? Uh, no, he said it was a surprise. Right. Wayland's gonna have a talk to Jory and make sure that it is a pr- appropriate <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good like transition away. Fun fact, Agnes' story, as far as I'm aware and concerned, is done. 
Hell yeah. Does that mean I get a hero point because you helped me finish a story? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Jesse, you're in Wayland's quarters and you're kind of looking around at everything. I'm not going to make you roll a risk. If you spend two hero points, you can find two things that either corroborate Wayland's story or damn Wayland's story. I like the idea that corroborates the story because maybe of the evidence that's there, more of it is leaning towards Wayland's story. Yep. At this point, to sort of collect the evidence that you would know, you knew that Audra, or Mad Maeve now, was Samwell's quartermaster. You know that Wayland and Audra were very close. By proxy, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to say Wayland knew Samwell Flynn. Yes. The way Jesse looks at it is they were on a ship together and they joined the ATC and Wayland was like, I can't, I'm not into this, is out. It was like the three of them sort of situation. Something went down and Wayland had to kill him. From what you've talked to them about, Wayland hates, hates Samuel Flint. Whenever he talks about being the one who killed Samuel Flint, he's very proud of that. There's like a whole triangle of separation here. He's more confused than he was. You go down there to find answers and you only find more questions. (laughs) The information didn't say that he went down with the ship. So to him, it confirms his theory that Samuel is still alive. I feel like his first indication is to go to Mad Maeve at some point. Yeah, you've still got her blood. Can I suggest something that Jesse finds? Oh, yes, please. It is something that Wayland didn't give you or didn't put on the table when we had the debriefing after the battle with the Sangdaris. You find the vial of Audra's blood. <gasps> oh. Do you think he should take it? Wayland will know that it's missing but you see that it's labeled Audra Wainwright. It's starting to be corrupted by the Fae half of her. (sighs) There's still part of the coat. It's the part in the front where the bullet hole is. With the rank on the inside, right? Yep. The disdain in his eyes as he fucking stares daggers into that thing. It's just like, how is this connected? The interesting thing there, and maybe something that you hadn't thought about before, was a musket shot wouldn't always go all the way through. And it's in fact easier to recover from shots that go all the way through. Because you don't have to fish the shrapnel out of the body. Yep. And he knows that it was out the back because he saw the hole in the coat. You know that that shot went clean through. It makes sense for Wayland being Wayland. It went through the left side, like where the heart is? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little like waterlogged and obviously weathered. Yeah, Wayland kept that for some reason. Trophy, maybe? But from Jesse's perspective, if Wayland kept this and didn't tell anybody else about it, what else was on that ship he didn't tell anybody about? Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are my thoughts exactly, too. That, I imagine, is what's going through Jesse's mind is, like, maybe Samwell's blood was on that ship and Waylon just doesn't want to admit it. And 
You know that feeling that you get when you stand up too quick? The world kind of muffles and your vision becomes a little spotty and clouded, and then it passes. That's vertigo. So that happens to you, but you hear a voice as clear as day in your head, and you recognize this voice. I don't have anywhere else to turn. It's my sister, and I need her. I'll give you anything. You can take whatever you want from me. You hear Charles's voice calling out to the devil, and as he's talking, there is an image in your head of some kind of artifact. Some gem, some crystal or something that is emanating this anger. And it is capable of so much destruction. But in order to activate it, you have to give up a part of yourself. And as it's starting to manifest and coalesce, you realize that Jonah takes what people offer and give it back as a gift. You know where Charles is right now. Jesse will immediately put everything back where it was and begins to run. He starts to head towards downtown and then he stops and looks over to the forest and runs. His pleading is getting more desperate. Are you listening? You already took my captain. Take me to where I'm fucking cave down. But I need Charlotte to be alright. Just give me a sign. Give me something. Anything. Please. The camera's gonna fast pan. It's gonna be faster than you. And we see Charles at the edge of the cliff, away from the posts, away from the patrol, down on a little alcove. He has a dagger, and he is shouting out into sea. I know you're out there. I know you want this. You'll take anything, I know it. I just, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I need a sign or something. What are you doing? He turns around. What are you doing, Charles? What does it look like I'm doing? You're making the worst fucking mistake of your life, that's what you're doing. Put that knife down. I knew it. You really are the devil, aren't you? No, Charles, I'm not. He's the only one I was talking to. No one else knew where I was. You heard me, didn't you? Because you're really him. I heard you, but I'm not him. You son of a bitch. Charles has the dagger in his hand, and he comes at you. Jesse immediately pulls all of his effects off and throws them to the ground. It does not move. I'm going to need you to roll an action sequence. <laughs> Jesse isn't doing anything. What do you mean you're not doing anything? Jesse isn't doing anything. So you're choosing to fail this risk. If that means failing, yeah. Just because it's an action sequence doesn't mean you have to fight. I love that. Okay, choosing to fail a risk. This is a mechanic in the game where if a risk is presented, you as the player can say, I fail. In doing so, you get a hero point, but that means that you have no agency to change the scene. You suffer all of the consequences and you miss all of the opportunities. Can we know what the consequences and the opportunities were? Other than Charles coming at you to fight you, there was a consequence that he was going to hurt himself in the process. 
because he is so driven by anger and fear. Charles was basically going to hurt Jesse for at least one dramatic wound and hurt himself for at least one dramatic wound. He was basically going to give up his arcana. Hmm. We want to keep Charles as a hero. I think this is the first time this has ever happened in game. What's going through your head, Ev? I think in this instance, Jesse chooses to fail. I think Charles is going to beat the shit out of him, and Jesse's going to let him. He's going to take it as much as he can without letting Charles kill him. Dude, I love that. The reason why I didn't want to roll anything was because I wanted to use Savior. Oh. I don't know what that means, but okay. I can just spend a hero point and basically talk it out. How can I forget about Savior? I gave that to you. Because you are not spending raises for these actions, it remains your turn. This means, in effect, so long as you have hero points, you can continue to take actions back to back if every action that you take is directly related to the redemption of a villain. Dope. I like the idea that Charles is going to, like, do his thing against Jesse, but Jesse will spend it to prevent him from hurting himself. It's more so for villains. He's trying to attack Jesse. He's 100% a villain right now. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. So choosing to fail in the sense that you are going to suffer the consequences, but then before Charles does and before the opportunity is missed, use savior. That's fine with me. Love it. Oh, fucking dope. How many hero points do you have? I only have two, so I'll have one after I use it. Okay. I do have bitterness if I need to activate that. Yeah. Because this is, you know, this is some uh, pretty fitting of bitterness. Okay. Jesse pulls out his letter of Mark as he's <laughs> The king of Castile commands you to stop. I have a question, though. I have an answer, though. To the world's knowledge, has anyone attempted to give up an emotion to Jonah before? Yes. Oh, okay. Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> has anyone ever seen a literal manifestation of a new artifact happen? <gasps> I guess few, if any. I can name one person. Nobody but Jonah! Yeah. Well, person. Ayo! <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go, boy! My suggestion worked! Thank you for the layup, Zoe. <laughs> god, thank god for Explorer. <laughs> right? I abuse the shit out of it, but holy <laughs> shit, it is abusable. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So, without spending Savior, I am at three hero points. Actually. Disarming Smile is not going to work, and Stare Down is not going to work either. And neither is Insistent. Okay. I ain't gonna need it. All right, you ready, Evan? As I will ever be, <laughs> which is never, okay. ever ready. We are rarely prepared. You have no idea how Charles made it from one end of the cliffside to in front of you so quickly, but you blink and he is there. Oh, I know how he did it. He fucking used all of his hatred steps. Yep, and he throws a punch and connects with your... Whatever he wants. Whatever his little heart desires. Except the boys. Except the... <laughs> not the boys. He hits you in the stomach. Oh, yeah. The gut punch doubles you over, 
In that instance, he grabs the back of your head and smashes your face into his knee. You reel backwards from that, and he uppercuts you right to the chin. That hit sends you off your fucking feet, and you land flat on your back. Take three wounds and a dramatic wound. When you lift your head up, he has sent you six feet away, and he is walking towards you with the intent to kill in his eyes, the knife white-knuckled in his hand. You've lost your damn mind. This is all your fault. No, Charles, you're doing this to yourself. You might have taken my captain. I haven't gone anywhere, you idiot. But you'll not take Charlotte. Charles! Charles runs at you as you scramble backwards. He lands over top of you, one hand gripping on your wrist of your left hand and his knee planted firmly in the wrist of your right. And with you pinned, he raises that knife and slashes down at your face. Take another wound. You turn just in time for it to only graze your cheek as he stabs with such force that the dagger stays there. He yanks it out and lifts it to swipe at your throat. Charles, you don't want this. Oh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. You wrestle with him for a little bit, trying to get the knife out of his hand, and eventually it comes free and clatters away from you. Take two more wounds, and that's when he grabs you by the throat and begins to choke you. You're losing yourself. If I can kill you right here, then I'll get everything back. And what if you don't? If you're the devil, then you can die like any other man. Is that what you really think? I've got no other choice. If I do this, all will be forgiven. I know it. No, Charles. That's not how this works. Take three more wounds. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm doing it all wrong. Charles lets go of you, stands up, and rushes over to where that knife is. Yeah. And picks it up. Charles. And he holds up the dagger, and he's about to dig it into his own chest. Jesse Bomb rushes him. Spend a hero point for savior. You rush at him, tackle him around the waist before he has a chance to stab himself. The dagger goes flying over to the edge of the cliff and teeters right off the edge. You wrestle on the ground together until he finally pins you again, and this time both of his hands are around your throat. And Jesse, when you look up at Charles, there is nothing but red in his eyes. He is completely consumed by his anger and malice. Charles! If you do this, you're no better than he is. You will not stop me ever again. Take another dramatic wound. Jesse doesn't want to get physical with him, but I think what he's going to try and do is, his right hand, he's going to like grab his hair, pull him by his hair off of him, and with his other hand, like on his chest, and try to like swing around and get him pinned down. Jesse's on top of him. Unfortunately for Charles, he can't fight your right hand, and you do pin him down. And Jesse's trying to be gentle, as gentle as he can. Charles's hands haven't let go of your throat, and he is squeezing tighter than ever. That desperation, that mania to see your end by his hand still consuming him. Take another dramatic wound. I think he's gonna grab his wrists and stand up and drag him over to one of the poles. Charles fights you the whole way like a rabid dog, kicking and yelling and screaming at you. Take three more wounds. 
The camera shifts drastically behind one of the poles as it judders and shakes when Charles is slammed up against it. Are there manacles? Yes, there are. With his Jonah hand, he holds both of his hands up and he grabs the manacles and get them on his wrists. Spend another hero point for Savior. He is just about to do a swift kick directly to your nads right as you clamp the manacles on him. Jesse stumbles back and he falls to the ground. As you're gasping for breath sitting there on the floor, you watch as Charles goes ballistic, pulling at these chains, really just trying to break free, but he cannot. And finally, all of that anger culminates into a roar of pure hatred. Charles, I know you. You're better than this. I get you afraid. Please trust me. Charles's head whips back as the roar ends and stares at you dead in the eyes. There's a flicker of that red as whatever Charles is fighting internally loses just enough for you to talk to him. How can you sit there and ask me to trust you when you've always kept the truth from us? Every fucking word out of your mouth was a lie. I had a secret. That's different than not telling you the damn truth. A secret is no different than a lie when it still hurts people. And yours could have killed us. I do regret keeping what I did from all of you. But I did that because I thought that was the right thing to do. Then you and I can finally agree. I think this is the right thing for me to do. You want to make a deal? Yes. All right. (laughs) Let's make a fucking deal. What are you going to give me? I'll give you my anger, my rage. You can take it, all of it. It's never done me any good. While I have this, I can't be there for those that need me. And I'm not just talking about Charlotte. I'm talking about Gazette and Mama Coco and Jory and Agnes and Hawthorne and Ursa and Roz and Klaus and Waylon and my captain. I can't do that if all I have is this anger. And if you take it, then I can finally be there for them. Is there that physical manifestation? Clear as day. You see this writhing swarm of anger surrounding Charles's heart. Like thousands of angry wasps attached to tendrils. I will activate Savior. Patrick gave me a great idea, and what Jesse is attempting to do is to redirect this gift, but not in the way that Jonah would. All right. Jonah's trying to turn it into something vile. What are you going to do with it? Jesse grabs it gently. He holds it, and he begins to twist it around his fingers and let it slide. And he takes his other hand, and he grasps the top of it, And in front of Charles, he begins to take it and twist it and contort it and push it together and pull it, push it back. Keeps molding it, keeps pulling it like it's silicone or putty. Now this gift, at its core, is still Charles's anger. It is the epicenter of this. However, within that, Jesse, you find this tiny black object 
planted directly in Charles's heart. It is a seed of malice put there by Jonah, and that is what is contorting his anger into this new terrible gift. He plucks it out, puts it into his pocket. Once you remove that seed, it's just Charles's anger that you're holding, and it is like a hive of wasps, but it's not nearly as deadly or devastating. Contorts it back to the shape that it was. Take a hero point for lost soul, Jesse. Because in this moment, you have stopped Jonah from claiming Charles's soul. Yes. Take this. Puts it up against Charles's chest. And you're gonna learn to be a better man. Charles is breathing heavy and sort of despondent when you pulled out that seed, but the moment that you put his own anger back on his chest, he gasps. Oi. What's all this, then? Look at me. He takes a few more deep breaths, and it takes him a long time. Not because he's incapable of looking at you, but because he doesn't want to. But eventually, his head lifts up, and he makes eye contact with you. It's been a long time since you and I have seen eye to eye. And whose fault is that? I'm not who you thought I was. The devil is a chamber of shadow, but I'm its candlelight. Charles's eyes have a shimmering sheen to them as he continues to stare at you, the anger slowly draining out of his face. My responsibilities are to my friends, my family, my crew. He pokes his chest. You are included. With his hand, he does rip the manacle open. You hear his jaw click shut. He looks at his hands, which are all broken and bruised and bloody. And what are my responsibilities now, sir? Seeing as you're not fit for duty right now, I need you to focus on taking care of yourself and your sister. What? As long as you need. Captain's orders. Charles has this look of bewilderment on his face, as though he was just being shown something that was in front of him this whole time, and he just wasn't seeing it. I'm sorry I've caused you so much pain. Sir, that's always been my job to cause pain. Jesse smiles. (laughs) You're a pain in my ass, you know that? Finally, tears flow freely from Charles' eyes. He blinks several times and looks at you. Hi, sir. You're a brother, Charles. And I need you to get the rest you deserve. And he breathes in as he is about to say something, but decides against it and shuts his eyes tight and begins to shuffle back the way he came. Jesse grabs his belt and his pistol and the hummingbird dagger and gets all settled again. The camera is now positioned at the cliff's edge and it was focused on Jesse as he was gathering his effects. And out of the peripherals, we focus in on Charles's dagger, which had been teetering off the edge for a while there, but finally rests perfectly balanced. He walks out to the edge, puts a hand on the hilt and picks it up, and looks down where the ocean meets the rock. And then he looks out to the ocean. You will not take anything from me again. You hear me? There is no feeling in your right hand. There is no sense in the back of your head. There is nothing indicating that he heard you. 
I hope you hear me. He spits a glob of blood out into the ocean and turns around and starts to walk back. Camera follows it all the way down to the ocean. The wave splashes up against the rocks. And we are zooming out of a glass that has liquid in it. <laughs> it's about time we step things up. A skeletal hand picks it up, takes the drink, but the drink goes all the way through his throat and out through the chest. And then he takes the glass and chucks it across the way <clears throat> and smashes it up against a wall where... Sitting in a glass case is a pair of hands holding a rose, a white one, and it's been slowly turning black this whole time, and it just starts to creep up into the tips of the petals. And then the camera's focus goes black. Oh god, the fucking awful poetry of you'll never take anything from me again, and one more thing. God, I, fuck. This is the worst birthday ever. I got my ass beat down by Charles. And he didn't even say happy birthday afterwards. To be fair, the man has had a hard time. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was my birthday. Happy birthday, Jesse. Here's two knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> anyway, friends, I hope you enjoyed that. That was the end of Charles's story. For a little bit of context... Evan and Patrick decided to put their own personal character stories aside so that they could work on NPC stories. Basically, this allows them to make everyone on La Rosa Blanca a hero, which could grant them a total of 10 dice for the charter pool, and also give La Rosa Blanca some unique advantages. Because they completed not only Charles and Agnes's story, but Cosette's as well, all three of them have become heroes, which means they grant those three dice permanently to the charter pool, and we have three new advantages from them. The red door is from Cosette, she-friend from Agnes, and violence isn't always the answer from Charles. Now, I won't tell you what those do, you can find them in our Discord underneath Game Props, if you so choose to include these in your game as well, or if you're curious to know what they do. And yes, before you ask, the rest of the crew is included. We'll cover that more on a Community Questions episode, which is coming up very soon. But until then, remember that violence isn't always the answer, and be safe and well.